Good morning. I'm Tiffany Anton from the Biz Foundry, and I have Jeff Brown from the Biz Foundry today. Thanks for being here. Well, glad to be here. I mean, I just kind of told you, put it on your calendar, so I'd be here. Yeah, so, so no no topics or anything, but, but I'm like, well, I'll show up. No. So, so um, let's just clear the air right now. For those people who don't know, I'm kind of the face because my face is prettier than yours, but you're the brains behind the Biz Foundry. You are the the founder, the president. You you This was your brainchild. Well, you know, the face thing's a pretty low bar. So, you know, it's come on now. Um, But it's interesting because there's so many times where people will say, you know, well, Tiffany, she's she does the she's the biz founder girl. And it's like, no, 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 no. I actually have a boss. And so (laughs) and even, you know, we were laughing um, when you got here, there was a scheduling conflict. And I said, oh, just you wait. And people are like, you talk to your boss that way. So um, the, the clear of the air, you are the president. You are my boss at the end of the day. Well, yes. Uh, You know, I don't try to consider being a boss most of the time, but I'm kind of the captain of the team. You, The team captain. That's good. I like that. Um, So the Biz Foundry just recently celebrated, you know, a month ago or so. It actually was in May, but we celebrated um, the 10-year anniversary. So 10 years of being an entrepreneur center here in the Upper Cumberland. What's your feedback of the last 10 years? You know, it's kind of strange that it's been 10 years in some ways. In some ways, it seems like it's been 100 years. But, you know, I I think we've made a lot of stride that we've actually put entrepreneurship on the map. We've helped a lot of people. We've built a pretty strong ecosystem. It still has things need to be worked on. But, you know, as you know, working there and, and our board, we look at the world like a startup is what do we need to change? What do we need to do? And so it'll always be a work in progress. I think, uh, you know, really disruption is about doing things nobody else has done or doing things in a different way. So that's why we're always looking as I drive you guys crazy is, okay, we're going to go try this. It has taken a little bit of time to understand, you know, kind of what your vision and your goals were of this, this organization. So it is a nonprofit, which it doesn't feel like it's in that space. Some, you know, people feel like it feels like a for-profit. Nonprofit is a tax status. Nonprofit and charity are two different things, right? So, you know, we operate like a business, like a startup, but it's nonprofit. You know, so what? What do you what? What misconception about nonprofit and that tax us? What do you want people to know that that means at the end of the day? So nonprofit means that you don't pay income tax on the profit of the corporation. That's all it means. But it does mean that we can make paychecks. We, uh, yeah, well, it, <laughs> we still got to run it like a business. We you provide be able to make payroll. You know, and, yeah, we're the you know. the, the um, sole provider providers for our our households and i've had people say to me oh you work for a nonprofit. well do you get a paycheck well no i don't volunteer all you know all of my time i I mean we have mentors that volunteer and things like that but i mean being a nonprofit and you know not getting paid and those kind of have nothing to do with each other yeah you know that's like a lot of people open a business that never makes a profit are they a nonprofit? no that's not their tax status <laughs> right just because you own a business didn't mean it's a profitable business so, right you know that's what we're here to kind of try to teach and work people through that so over the last so 2013 um you are working in real estate at that time? Um, I had actually contracted to help Roan State launch the original, they called it a business accelerator at that time. And, and so, were, were you kind of always interested in entrepreneurship? I mean, you oh yeah. yourself. So for 10 never... years, this was, I mean, this is kind of a life dream. And I, I was kind of fighting battles with 
I was a county commissioner, so I fought with the city and the county all the time that you, you, you don't help local businesses, you don't help entrepreneurs, you help large businesses that want to move here is who you help, and you don't help the guys that have been here with their small business with employees and paying taxes for years. And, and so, um, and the other frustration was just kind of the way government and academia tells people what is important to open a business, to start a business, which is just really not true. I mean, some of the things are important, but I mean, you know, if you ask the, the local city or county, like a business license is so important. Well, really a business license is so that they know to send you a tax bill. That's it. That's all it is. It doesn't make you a good business, a bad business. It doesn't make you money. It doesn't do anything. It's just so that you pay your business taxes. That's it. So what, over the last 10 years, kind of reflecting back, what do you, what are you most proud of in the last 10 years? Um, You know, I would say when, you know, some of the goals we started, when we started, we said we're, you know, our 10 year and 20 year goals. We actually wrote those down when we started. And, you know, we talked about, this is a 1% gain, not a hundred percent of the three hundred and 40,000 people in the Upper Cumberland are going to be entrepreneurs. So, you know, 1% over 10 to 20 years, that's 3,500 businesses. So, you know, that sounds pretty good to us. Um, so I, I think, I've you know, I've been most proud of the number of people we have touched, what we've been able to build. We've, we've helped people raise a lot more money, I think, than we originally thought. You know, I think we're $13, $14 million, something like that at the end of our ninth year. So, it, you know, that's been a pleasant surprise. Um, I think, you know, COVID was really interesting that we were. Again, we were so we could, useful during COVID. We could move so fast, right? So we ha- kind of had to quit what we were doing, which is a lot of programs and events and, and help with PPP loans and help with, you know, how do you get online faster? How do we help you do those things? So I think that 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 gave us a lot of notice in the community. And, and I think part of it is, you know, we're getting well-known and recognized. You know, we're an economic development entity. We're not a charity. Can you stop? So I try so hard to tell people, what is economic development? You know, people think that people often think, well, that's just job creation. That just means if you get a big corporation, you get Regions Bank to come downtown and you, you know, or, or whatnot, um, SAIC, all these big businesses. What does economic development mean at the ground level? Well, so to me, economic development is everybody's heard of gross domestic product, right? You hear the reports on the national news. Well, each city, county, whatever geographic region you want to to circle has a gross domestic product. So if we grow our gross domestic product in Putnam County, let's just pick Putnam County. So then that's economic development. There's a lot of ways to do that. You do recruit companies. But you also, you know, one of the things that Governor Haslam realized when all this, when he kind of started the entrepreneurial movement in Tennessee and started Launch Tennessee is we do pretty well in recruiting companies. We do pretty well in growing companies, and, and, and they they call them industries, which I don't understand that misnomer. A, an industry means all the people in the car business, not one business in that industry. But anyway, um me and economic development sometimes argue with each other, but you know we all have our place. Um, but Tennessee was not doing a very good job of helping entrepreneurs, and, and entrepreneurs grow jobs. Actually, the number on a national level is when you recruit somebody to bring jobs here, 
those probably aren't new jobs at a national level. If there's 400 jobs coming here, they're probably losing 350 wherever they're coming what's, from. What, what's going on in Memphis? There's a car. Blue Oval. Oh, yeah. yeah. Ford, right? Is right. that Ford? And yeah, this is Ford's moving things from other places to right. bring to come to Tennessee. And they do add jobs. Don't get me wrong. There's a lot of great reasons to come to Tennessee. But as a nation, new jobs come from new companies because new companies' jobs to grow and grow very quickly. So they're hiring and trying to grow quickly. So, you know, the statistics are out there, and these are national statistics that, you know, somewhere in the area of 80% of all new jobs come from companies less than five years old. And mm-hmm. so most people don't look at the world that way. But, you know, those are bona fide statistics. Well, and I would say I was I was talking to an entrepreneur earlier, and they were talking about um, they had 33 employees at their their place of business. And for the Upper Cumberland, that's significant. That's, that's you know, a decent-sized business. The, sure. the federal government says 500 employees or less is small business. I would say most businesses that aren't corporations in the upper Cumberland are small businesses. And so when we nationwide, it's like 80%. We can help when we can work with some of these businesses that, you know, creating five jobs, 10 jobs, that's significant for this area um, that people don't think about. I think it gets overlooked sometimes. Yeah. Well, you know what, one of the things I pitched to a chamber of commerce a long time ago, they had 550 members. And I said, instead of, you know, totally concentrating on recruiting one company to bring 500 jobs. What if we spent some time, money and effort in the city and County to get every small business in the chamber to grow one job? That's 550 jobs. Yeah. Well, how do you care? Plus, you know, the the other thing about entrepreneurship is if a, a successful company starts in the region, then the wealth stays in the region because, you know, a large manufacturer um, their manufacturing facilities, their company headquarters aren't here, their upper management's not here. So the profit goes to wherever their C-suite is and to their stockholders. Well, and that's and where so then all a, a them- locally owned company, that wealth stays here. They donate to the schools. They put lots of money in local banks, all those things that are they're very important to economic development. Well, and let me just say, kind of like it, it break it down for people who don't really think about it. When you have those that C-suite that's not here locally, that money, the, the people who are making the most amount of money is getting spent somewhere else, not in, you know, yes, donating to schools, but it just even the, the commerce aspect. Yeah, of what things. is it? The large, the, the average CEO of a Fortune 500 company makes 110 times what an hourly employee makes or something like that. Yeah. I mean, it's a it's a. A crazy figure, which I'm not saying is right or wrong, but I'm just saying from an economic development standpoint locally, you know, company headquarters and all those things are where the wealth is at. Well, and and one thing that that you try and focus with with the Biz Foundry is that innovation, innovative companies as not just, you know, yes, we work with people who are create, you know, opening up another a new coffee shop, but there's already though you're not really creating new coffee drinkers yeah yeah we're we're really looking or new coffee or a new beverage right so you know we're looking for things that have some technology attached to it or some intellectual property you know, that can be patented you know medical devices you know things that actually can be sold all over the world or certainly all over the united states and so no you know, hate no shade to the coffee it could be yeah all entrepreneurs matter, but you know what 
there are lots of things to help small businesses. We're really aimed at teaching entrepreneurship. We're kind of the bookend, right, is to get you in really early and let you think about what's really important in your business and what you should be working on to get ready to decide if it's a business that can be profitable or investable or whatever that means. We look at it just like the farm teams in baseball. You know, you got to have college teams and you got to have, you know, minor league teams and then you got to have the majors. We'll be right back. What's so important about shopping with locally owned businesses? When you shop local, your hard-earned dollars stay here in the community, helping to benefit your friends and neighbors, local schools, roads, and all aspects of community life. But what happens to my money if I spend it online or at a national chain store? In most cases, the profits go far away, out of state, corporate headquarters, or even overseas. It doesn't take any extra effort to shop local. Office Mart on South Jefferson and Cookville is your locally owned office furniture and supply store. For over 35 years, they've been proud to serve businesses in the Upper Cumberland with quality and value. You get real customer service, too. And unlike shopping online, you can actually see and try out the large inventory of office furniture in their showroom. And when it's delivered, it's not a box on your step. They're glad to install and set up everything. Office Mart. There's no other locally owned office store in the region. South Jefferson Avenue across from Hardee's. Shop local at Office Mart. Welcome back. I'm Tiffany Anton from the Biz Foundry, and I have the president of the Biz Foundry, Jeff Brown, in today. Um, so we kind of have been reflecting back on the last 10 years. Any other big things that you've been most proud of over the last 10 years? Well, you know, I think that now in city county meetings, when we travel around, I'll do a lot of work with the development district, that now entrepreneurship and small business is in those discussions and I really credit Mark Farley at the Development District, big supporter, and now he's helped us do that. So I think it's being recognized as it's an important part of economic and community development. And, you know, some things like helping get the, the, the local microfund micro fund started, some some things like that that we're really proud of because that, that took a long time to do and, and we had to have some momentum going. And, well, and, and I it's think been that hugely camaraderie yeah. in the six years that I've been around – um, I think the the collaboration and working together between um, Mark Farley with the Development District and the Small Business Development Center and Tennessee Tech with the Center for Rural Innovation, I think all those connections really are able, we can work smarter and not harder. Yeah, well, and, you know, and we don't duplicate things. We're, we're getting much better. That's, that's the thing we've worked really hard on is we didn't want to do things that other organizations were already doing. There's some crossover. There has to be. Um, but but we're not day after day duplicating things, and we're not competing with each other. If a business wins, we all win. Yeah. You know that's how we look at it now. And, and it took a while to build. I think that trust in each other and the right people in place and all those things. And but you know, and but I've just been really proud of some of those things we got started. When I look at other regions and other states, that you know we've really come a long way in Tennessee and in the Upper Cumberland. In entrepreneurship compared to a lot of the states I travel to. So it is interesting. I've said that before about people have contacted me. Oh, I have. I know somebody in such and such state. And I'll, I'll kind of say to the people at launch, like, well, what is the equivalent of launch Tennessee in North Carolina? And they're like, they don't really have something. I'm like, what? It just, this is where I know about business. So it just seems like these resources should be all over the country. But I say a lot, my family's in Michigan. 
I don't think we live in the same country sometimes. Like, just things are so different, that, you know. And we, I mean, I think that the governor and the 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 Tennessee as a whole wants to be the most startup front, friendly state in the nation. And I love that. I love being part of that, you know, initiative and, and the well, buzz that it, we You have know, and it in. takes an effort and it's got to be pushed from the top. I mean, again, when you had Haslam and now Lee and... You know, a lot of a lot of good. Actually, the ones before him were entrepreneurs and understood entrepreneurship. So, it, it's taken a while, but you know, it's unbelievable the Launch Tennessee Network. You know, there are eight of us now across the state, and we share information and resources. So, if you come to us with a medical device and we don't have any expertise or mentors qualified to help with that, then we can talk to Memphis, which is you know the home of medical devices in the United States, which. By the way, most people didn't realize Tennessee's biggest export is medical devices. Well, and and we have a, a really good connection with food and beverage and Chattanooga. And so it is really, I like that network. It's 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 nice to have that. In the last 10 years, um, what has been, had there been times where you're like, we should th- throw in the towel? <laughs> um, you mentioned COVID, so that was definitely a hard throw time. Throw in the towel, no. There's been some maybe throwing things, but not throwing <laughs> in the towel. Um, you know, COVID was tough when it first hit. We had nobody had any idea, you know, was this going to be the worst thing to ever hit small businesses in our country? Um, that was a tough time. Um, a lot of the people we work with were panicking. There were a lot of people panicking at, you know, and it was interesting how entrepreneurs got treated. So, you know, there was a long time there, the poor restaurant owners and a lot of the people, no matter whether they required masks or didn't require masks, 50% of the population was mad at them and they're trashing them. And I mean, these guys are just trying to pay the bills and, you know, yeah. keep food at home for their kids. And, and, and pay they their got, employees. They got, yeah. And they got caught up in all those political arguments and, and, you know, and they were definitely damned if they did, damned if they didn't. And it was just, it was horrible talking to them. It's like, you know, it's like, what do I do? So on top of the Entrepreneur Center and all those resources that go into an Entrepreneur Center, and you said there's eight of them across the state, we are one of the rare few that have a co-working space attached to our Entrepreneur Center. Tell me about the initiative to do that. We could have, you know, a a hundred foot, well maybe bigger than a hundred feet, but we could have a small office space where it's just the three of us, where we don't have, you know, that, that other element to manage in there. So what, what was well, that for entrepreneurship and innovation to thrive? You need an environment that it thrives in. So co-working is part of that. You've got remote workers that are great programmers. You've got you know, new startups that are working there on their ideas. Marketing, so people, the, the that- marketing people, all those things. And so it is unbelievable that what they do, how they collaborate, right? And so, you know, good old water cooler talk is, you know, I I don't really remember the numbers anymore, but I think we've had 10 or 12 businesses start out of they're standing around waiting on the next pot of coffee. Well, and one of the things, one of the things I was really um, excited about is that we work with Luke Ramey with Skip the Line. He has a technology that, that, they developed. And um, we have a long time co-working member that's just a, been a remote worker. Chris, um, can't even think of his last name at the moment. Chris with a K is how he introduces himself. <laughs> but he's a programmer and he has a remote job. And they, he, you know, Luke was just kind of mentioning how he couldn't find a programmer to get the stuff done. And Chris started working for Luke and, and working on that right. project. And it's just, um, it's kind of like having the right soil for your plants and how much more 
your plants can thrive in the right environment. And that's how, how it works with these businesses. Yeah. Well, I mean, it, it's, you know, I tell people a lot of our, well, as you know, powered by her. I mean, it was just organic. Got a group of women together and you asked me if you could have a budget and I'm like, go. And yeah. you had somebody sponsor the lunches and, you know, and it became a thing because you're getting cool, talented, smart people in a room together with ideas. And, and that's a whole lot of, that's why co-working spaces are so important um, is that not not just remote workers, but those people that kind of have that mindset of innovation, um, you know, they're probably not working for a large company in a cubicle. And, and so co-working really brings together a lot of minds that some pretty cool stuff springs out of it. Which, so. again, we're kind of looking back on these 10 years. 10 years ago, co-working was I mean, it's been around for a really long time, but not in the Upper Cumberland. And so for you to have that forethought of like, hey, let's create this space too. And and let's say that original space was maybe not the best environment. <laughs> it was an old dialysis center that I walked into thinking, this is where but I'm going to work. the price was right. Um, so. <laughs> yeah, a dollar a year, right? Yeah. Um, so, you know, but to have that initiative to think, okay, we want to have this space when people don't, didn't even know what co-working was at that time of this, this area. So why, why, why did you stick to your guns on that? Um, Cause I knew, you know, there are people out there working on their couch that needed more than a couch. Right. And, and they've always been around. There's just never been a choice. And so, you know, we started out very small and had a couple offices. I mean, you know, if one was a glorified closet, to be real honest with you. It was terrible. Um, but, you know, it, uh, I'll never forget the lady that first rented it. She was happy there for a year and a half, two years as she got started. Yeah. And so, you know, again, um, I, you talk about Chris. I think he was our first remote programmer that started renting co-work space off of us. And, and so as it got to be better known, uh, you know, I'll never forget even the – Chair of our board called me one time. This has been a few years ago, and he goes, "Who's WeWork?" And I'm like, "Oh yeah, <laughs> the largest co-working company in the world." And he's like, "Well, they called me about Cookville." And I'm like, "He goes, so they're our competition." And I'm like, "Hey, whatever." Yeah. And he's like, "Oh, yo," he goes, "I didn't even know what WeWork was." And, I mean, and, I think uh, that they have nap pods in WeWork, and I've tried to get nap pods at the Biz Foundry, and you vetoed that. So, yeah, you know that is that is the one thing that I think they have over. I mean, we have Tiffany Anton, so you know they can't compete with us. Yeah, but we don't have <laughs> nap pods. That was the, the, those things are really pricey. So, <laughs> we'll be right back. Thanks for sticking with us. I am Tiffany Anton from the Biz Foundry, and I have Jeff Brown, the president of the Biz Foundry, in today. So we've kind of reflected back on the 10 years and what what the Biz Foundry has done, what what it means to the area. Um, But I'm really excited about kind of the the growth and what we can see for the future. And so tell me about the Angel Investment Group that you've kind of had this initiative to start. So again, you know, again, this is one of their first goals, and and so we're ten years ago. This really was really proud. Ten years ago, this was a goal, um, and we knew this one was a long way out. So, how do you start a, a fund of investors for high growth companies that are local to the region? So they kind of have that main street mentality. They want to help local companies because it helps the region, but they also want to make money. I mean, it's you know they want to make money on their investment. And so, you know, one of the issues was if you're, you're working on a startup here that needs to raise money is that, you know, Nashville is probably the closest group of investors. So um, this is similar. So people who, you know, are like, I don't really understand what this means. This is kind of what mainstream thinks of as Shark Tank. 
So right. it's like you have a, a business, whether it's a product or a service, and you want to scale to the next level, and you need an influx of money. It's not necessarily, um, you know, you don't need a business partner. You still want to kind of keep control over things. You're not going for seed money. Um, so this is kind of the first step. You're, you're going to partner with investors. I mean, you're partnering with money. Money is a tool of business just like a software, right? Yeah. And, and so – you literally are, you know, they're buying equity in your business and, you know, and their hopes are it gets big enough that they sell their equity for many, many times what they invested in it. And so, you know, that's just unheard of in rural areas. Um, you know, and 80% of the investment in the United States is on the two coast, uh, being Boston, New York, and LA and San Francisco and uh, Seattle, of course, included in there. So, you know, and then, you know, like I say, Nashville's the closest kind of larger group of angel investors. Angel is early stage money, smaller investments, you know, up to a couple hundred, two hundred fifty thousand dollars And so, but, but Nashville is almost entirely health tech and music tech. And so, because that's what they know, that's what mm-hmm. the investors there know. So it, it's a really big deal to get a, a local angel fund started. So, after years of research, we found a company that could come and help do that. We sponsored it. The the investors in the fund own the fund. We don't own it. We don't make any we money as off the biz of it. foundry the biz doesn't foundry, yes. we own, don't it. own it. But we're kind of the home of it. So we'll be their a facilitator. Kind of free labor. Yeah, kind of a f- facilitator. Their free labor. You know, a were, mailing address. Were you so, so there are how many? Can you tell us how many angels there are? Uh, roughly 25 right now. So 25. Yeah. And it's how big is the fund at the moment? Um, We're right at a million dollars. It'll be a little over a million dollars. Were be. you shocked to find, I think some people think, well, there's not, I mean, small rural Tennessee, there's not money to be had there. Were you shocked when you started kind of knocking on doors where people, I mean, people might have been kind of annoyed. Bought a lot of lunches. Uh, yeah, <laughs> may have been annoyed with you in the past couple of years. But were you shocked about the amount of money that is in this area? Uh, yes. I mean, uh, it, and then we've been working on a study with an outside company to help us do it. And, and, you know, the numbers are just unbelievable using IRS data is how many qualified investors are there in Putnam County. And they tell us that number is well over a thousand. And so that was just shocking because we would have guessed a couple hundred, but no, it it was amazing. The the people who wanted in and and we've been, you know, I wouldn't say selective, but we, again, we want people that, you know, the main, it doesn't have to invest every penny in this region. They can invest, you know, wherever, but the goal is to do 70, 80% of that investment in the Upper Cumberland. And so I was really shocked at the amount of wealth that's out there that could be, there's a lot more investors that could could be investing in local startups. So we'll probably be doing a fund too somewhere down the road. So if people are interested and they have a business that they're at the point where they feel like they could get some funding or they're looking for funding, which is the million dollar pun intended um the million dollar question that we get every day um how where do they go what do they do yeah so just get in touch with us i mean anywhere on our website make the an appointment with us foundry dot org yes so um you know and run us down we're kind of so we will be kind of the conduit for the equity investment um but we're kind of the knowledge base for the debt side too um, and, and there'll probably be some local banks maybe join that program later on. We just don't know yet. One the of details. the things I think that is really important for business owners to understand is that any 
way that people are giving you money, they want to make sure that they're investing and they're giving money to people that are going to be successful, that don't just have a job, an idea and say, oh, yeah, I'm going to make millions of dollars. We yeah, are there's here. There's too many TV shows saying you get rich with an idea. And then for sure, investors invest in the person, not in the idea, because they, they, you know, they believe you can pull it off. But part of that person is getting the resources. So that's where we come in and we're there to help is help you think through the ideas. One of the biggest kind of bases is who is your customer and how are you going to make money from that customer? And I think so many people, they're just so married. And and and, how many are there, right? Yeah. Yeah, Well, they're so married to their idea and so in love with it that they're like, everybody wants this. And that's one of your big things is not everyone's your customer. And so let's kind of figure that out. And so we, we are here to kind of sit with you and, you know, whether it's that you need a tissue or you need us to, you know, have a blowhorn because you're so excited, like whatever it is, we're there as kind of that your champion along the way to get you ready for the money aspect. So, yeah, so that we're going to support you and, and love you no matter what. But sometimes we're going to deliver, deliver some bad news because we want you to think through this and not go into it with rose colored glasses because it's tough. The best ideas are still really tough to execute on. Which, um, shameless plug, so we have our startup boot camp class coming up starting in October. Tell me a little bit about that class. I mean, it's evolved a little bit over the years. A little bit is an understatement. So startup or startup is a combination. We've done lots of different programs, so we've kind of broken it down. It was really long to begin with, and, and so we've tried to make it a little less time intensive, but really get you a kind of a boot camp version in four weeks, I think it is now, mm-hmm. of a couple nights a week, that we try to hit you know most of the high spots of what you need to really go through to start a business and some nuts and bolts, I mean, from legal to accounting. We to have a lawyer come insurance in, insurance, marketing, um, accountant. You, know. you can ask your personal questions, you know, where it may t- cost you $100 just to meet with a, an attorney, you know, for to go through your questions so you can go and you can get feedback from your cohort. That's another important aspect, I think, is just having other potential consumers in this class to give you feedback where again you're so married into your idea you don't even think well no i would never go to that facility because you want to have it 20 miles away or what you know those yeah, so the things. first thing we'll give you is a book called the mom test right yeah. and because your mom's always going to tell you it's a good idea because she loves you but your mom's probably not your customer so that is that is a, an interesting um fact to to touch on too is that you know often people will say i have this idea would you would you pay me a hundred dollars a month to come um you know shine your shoes yeah yeah i like you i'd do that no one's gonna pay you a hundred dollars a month to shine your shoes but you know people won't they won't people, tell you no they don't want to hurt your feelings right, right? so and that's so, a that's an important aspect of i mean that. we even you know honestly we even have that in the angel fund a lot of people initially is like oh yeah yeah i want to invest and then they didn't Right. Yeah. And so, you know, that exists in every form of everything. Yeah. So people people don't want to tell you no. Um they just really don't and but they're never gonna follow through. So. Any last before we wrap up, last couple minutes, any last things that you want to say about the Biz Foundry, about you and Jeff Brown? You know, just I appreciate the help of the community. The you know, we've just had so many people help us in so many ways you'll never know about. Um, you know, we have a lot of people help us that don't want anybody to know, to be real honest with you. We have some successful entrepreneurs that do lots of things for us and, you know, they don't want everybody to have their phone number. And, and so everybody thinks they're being jerks, but they're not is when you find guys at that level of business, their most valuable thing is their time. And so they're pretty guarded with it. And so we just appreciate all the help. Like I say, everybody that's always helped us and, and just, you know, 
Don't ever be afraid to reach out for help when you're starting a business. Find a good mentor. Find somebody that knows what they're talking about. Be careful where you take advice, right? You'll get plenty of free advice. Remember what you're paying for it. Um, so we see that a lot. They've gotten some really bad advice, and hopefully we they talked to us before they did do whatever that advice far, was. Yeah. Um, but, you know, really it, it's a process, and, and, and the only way you're going to learn how to start a business is to do it and be around people that have done it before. So if people want to find you or the Biz Foundry, how can they, besides contacting me, which is the most common way to find Jeff Brown? <laughs> yeah. So, you know, um, you know, dot org. you can go through our website. You know, we're at 114 North Cedar. You can always stop in. We may or may not be there. Um, you know, we travel a lot. We don't sit in the office waiting on people to come in. Um, but you can get to our calendars through the website. And, I was going to say, so, you can click on entrepreneur. You can do business coaching. You can schedule your own um, appointments. And so, and, you know, and, it, and it's even uh, like I say, we, the small business development center and those guys, you know, they, we share people, we pass people back and forth. So, you know, it's another thing people need to realize when you get one of us, you get all three of us now. And so, you know, we're, we're pretty easy to find, but just don't be afraid. We're not going to make fun of you. We're not going to. Um, we're not going to make you feel bad. We're here to actually help you work through this. Well, just on a personal note, I want to just say thank you so much for pouring what you've poured into me as an employee, all the things that you've taught me about economic development and just business. And I just, I'm really appreciative of the opportunity. I think that what we've been able to do to impact this community has been amazing. And I don't think I would have been able to develop myself personally without the guidance of you. And I know you're like, well, you know, I'm just a team captain, but I think that that's really important. And you steered the ship in a great way and so i appreciate you and i thank well, you thank you well, I, I appreciate that you're as we say entrepreneurs you're coachable right um, so, so those, <laughs> when, uh, those are the people that investors hate the ones that know everything side note when i came in for my interview i had chosen to not work for somebody else in town um recently and i said i'm a li-, he told me i was too aggressive and you said i kind of like aggressive around here so you're on the team <laughs> <laughs> thanks for tuning in we'll see you later